It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Okay, welcome to Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson, and I uh, minister at the Kearney Church of Christ. There will be Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Central Time and Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Central Time. Try to get online, bring you a message from God's Word, and I pray that you will find this to be enlightening and so in accord with, with the truth. And we pray that you will also look into it and make sure that these things are so. And if you find them to be so, give us a like and share this with as many people as you can, because our effort is evangelism. We want to take the message to as many ears as they can possibly hear it. So I pray that you'll help us do that. If you have a question about tonight's episode or any of the episodes that we have uh, done some preaching on, uh, you can uh, leave a comment in the comment section if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. Or you can call or text me if you're listening on the radio or uh, podcast. You can call or text me at 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. And I'd uh, be more than glad to uh, uh, listen to what you have to say. Uh, if you uh, want to email me instead, it's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. <clears throat> That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. Again, uh, I love hearing from viewers, and so uh, if you uh, listen and you like it, then help me. Uh, let's let's get the message out. This is a message that needs to be shared. Now, we're going to continue on with part three uh, of our Thursday night series that we've been talking about Calvinism, the big lie. And the reason being I call this the big lie is because so many people are caught up in it. And... Uh, for whatever reason, they can't see the forest because of the trees. The, the lie is obvious when you compare their, the truth uh, with this uh, uh, profession of faith. And, uh, of course, if you look at the, uh, the screen there, you'll see the tulip. Uh, each, you, know, you spell tulip, T-U-L-I-P, and each one of the, uh, those letters represent a part of the belief of Calvinism, T, total hereditary depravity, which we talked about. And that's that's basically meaning that, you know, Adam and Eve's sin corrupted everything, even you and me. I mean, it just went down throughout all the creation. And so we are all under sin uh, because of Adam and Eve's sins, not because of your sin, but because of their sin. Unconditional election, we talked about that as well. We're going to mention some of that even tonight. Uh, unconditional election is d discussing how uh, the Lord has chosen certain people to be saved, and there's other people, obviously, that are chosen to be lost. Uh, we've already covered that. Uh, we're going to mention it again tonight because it goes along with the limited atonement, uh, meaning, as, as we're going to discuss, I don't want to jump ahead of myself, and our, our last two lessons will be about the irresistible grace and the perseverance of the, system, of the, of, uh, the saints. Uh, those are the letters, T-U-L-I-P, that make up TULIP, which is, covers the points, the basic points of Calvinism. Uh, John Calvin lived between 1509 and 1564. 
And uh, these are the, the his main points that have been adopted by various beliefs in the United States. For instance, the Presbyterian Church in America, the United Reformed Churches of North America, and the Association of Reformed Baptist Churches of America. Uh, these are the predominant uh, beliefs in uh, Calvinism. And so it's important. That's why I call it the big lies. You think about how big those churches are. Uh, that's why it's so important to get this message out. People need to hear this so they don't get caught up in it because they take scriptures and they rest them and to, as you know, Peter said to their, to their own destruction. And, and unfortunately they, other people get caught up in it as well. Uh, so tonight we're going to talk about limited atonement, T-U-L, the limited atonement. I wrote this, this comes right from uh, the Westminster Confession of Faith and uh uh, the book of confessions. And uh, so this is from them concerning limited atonement. It says God did from all eternity decree to justify all the elect. And Christ did in the fullness of time, die for their sins and rise again for their justification. Now to really understand the falsehood in this, because if you just refer to the saints as the elect, well, the Bible makes that reference as well, but in a different sense, than what they use it as. To understand this properly, we got to go back a lesson and uh, and understand how the Calvinists defined who the elect are. And uh, and again, I take this right out of their book, that Westminster Confession of Faith. It says, by the decree of God for the manifestation of his glory, some men and angels are predestined unto everlasting life and others foreordained to everlasting death. Okay, that's who they call the elect, those people who have been predestined for eternal life. And so if I go back one and look at it again, when you read that understanding who they call the elect, you, then you're noticing that what they're saying is Christ did not die for all. He only, or they're going to say he died for all the elect, meaning those that God chose. Uh, but that's not what we're going to see that the scriptures teach we're going to find out that the scriptures truly teach that Christ died for all people. That doesn't mean everybody's going to take advantage of it. Um, as you can uh, notice by the slide I had, uh, if you're listening on the radio, I got a slide up says, who did Christ die for? And it's got uh, a little picture of people up there and one's getting chosen out by somebody. And that just represents their idea of uh, who Christ died for. Uh, and Christ didn't die for just one out of a crowd or two out of a crowd or even a group out of a crowd. Boy, that that, that sounds Judean. I mean, that, that sounds a lot like the Jews sounded back in the first century. Uh, no, he didn't do that. He died for all people, as we're going to see. And uh, with that, that doesn't necessarily mean that man is going to partake in the opportunity that Christ gave them. But Christ presented that opportunity to be saved to all men. Uh, and so let's let's look at some scriptures that point this out. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 through 6, this is speaking of God. He says, God, who desires all people to be saved. So that's his desire. You know, his desire isn't to pick just a few people out. He wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. 
there is one God, there is one mediator between God and man, that man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. So right here we're seeing that, first of all, there is a desire from the Father that from God, that all people be saved. And then we have Jesus himself who gave himself as a ransom, not for a few, but for all, everybody. This opportunity is to be presented to all mankind. doesn't matter who it is. Remember the Great Commission? Uh, Jesus sent his disciples out to all nations and uh, presenting the truth to them so that they might be able to... Uh, uh, respond to it. And, uh, of course I'm thinking, uh, I don't know why I didn't put it in my lesson, but when the apostle Paul, uh, when he was, uh, talking about that crown that was laid up for him, he said, not to me only, but to all. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's to anyone who wants to take advantage of the blood of Christ. John chapter one and verse 29 says the next day he saw Jesus. This is speaking of John the Baptist. Uh, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, I don't know what world means to you, but when I'm thinking about world in this sense, I'm thinking about everybody, everybody. And I don't think he's talking about sin as in, you know, mountains and trees and rivers. Uh, I, I think world is just representative of those who sin. And who sins? Well, Ezekiel 18.4, the soul that sins shall die. And if you continue on in Ezekiel, you also see, as we pointed out, that uh, the father does not uh, suffer for the sins of the son, and the son does not suffer for the sins of the father. Uh, we can go back even in, with uh, uh, Moses when uh, he was wanting the Israelites to, uh, he wanted the Lord to, for, you know, to, to forgive the Israelites for their sin at, at Mount Sinai. And, uh, and he, he told the Lord, he's like, look, he goes, if you're not going to forgive them, just blot me out of your book of life. And, and God said at that time, each man, every man's sins will get him out of the book of life, not just because, you know, you, you can't do that. In other words, what are you saying is you, you can't do that. Everybody is responsible for themselves. And so uh, when he's talking here about the world, he's talking about everybody that has lived in it, uh, all the people in the world, because those are the ones who can sin. A dog can't sin, a cat can't sin, a horse can't sin. Well, I mean, yeah, they can get cantankerous, but they can't sin. They don't have that type of knowledge. Uh, they don't have a soul. Uh, the only ones who can sin is, as we read about in the Bible, is man. And if man sins, then, then what he's talking about, taking away the sin of the world, he's talking about all the men that are in it. How is he going to take away the sin of all men? That is what's under discussion. And uh, But that's what Jesus did. Jesus provided a means where he could take away all man's sins, every single one of them, if they met his conditions of repentance. And, uh, of course, we understand there are conditions to that. But uh, the opportunity, and that's the glorious part about this whole thing, is that the opportunity is presented to all mankind. God's not a respecter of people. As we 
have already looked at in, in this series of lessons. Uh, God, God loves all men, and he doesn't want anyone to repent, uh, to uh, perish. First John 2 and verse 1 and 2, my little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He has the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now, this verse right here, come on. I mean, think about this. Not for ours only. I mean, this this whole thing about limited atonement is kind of thrown away right here because he says, not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. He's talking about everybody, every single person. And so I think you can see now that this is nothing but a big lie that is being put forth by those who practice and preach Calvinism. And it's I don't understand why people want to accept it. It's so it's so far left of the truth, it's not even funny. I mean, it's way out there. And I have to really ask myself, how can somebody get caught up in something that is so blatantly against what the scriptures teach? Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9 says, We see him for a little while was made lower than the angels. He's talking about Jesus, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for a few? No. It's not what it says. Taste death for everyone. Yeah, this 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 chance to have your sins forgiven is to all mankind. And uh, if you want to partake in the glories of, of Jesus Christ, you can do that. But to say that only a few can and some can't, oh, that's just wrong. And that's definitely not what uh, Jesus speaks of in the scriptures. John chapter 3, verse 16, the passage that we know and love so much that everybody can quote, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And then he says this, that whoever, and I should have put that whoever in yellow there, but whoever believes in him should not perish but have an eternal life. Whoever. He doesn't say a few. He says, whoever. And so it's the gospel, is the means to uh, uh, serve God. Has it been given to my neighbor? Yes. Has it been given to those who live halfway around the world? Yes. Has it been given to everybody from every nation? Yes. All mankind has been given the opportunity to make themselves right with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus did. It wasn't for a limited few. It was for everybody. And so for those people who want to profess this, well, you're just standing in the way of the gospel and you're going to lose because we're going to expose it. We're going to continue to expose it. We're going to preach against it. And when we preach against it, People are going to see the truth, and it's just going to make you look more and more foolish. Um, but we're going to keep preaching it because Jesus wants us to. 
And so um, hopefully those who are caught up in this are listening. And these are just really crude lessons that, that I have for Calvinism. They're, they're not in-depth lessons at all. I designed these in such a way that, you know, that are just simple to understand if you're listening on the podcast or listening on Facebook or YouTube, uh, the radio show. They're, they're just, it's just a, a brief survey of what it is. And, and how to defend yourself against it. And I'm hoping uh, just by doing it so briefly, you can see the error in the way of Calvinism. It's not something that's right with God in no shape, form, or fashion. Romans 1.16, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to a few. No. No, that's not what Paul said. To everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, to everyone. So if you want to believe and receive this salvation, you can. It's been made available to you through the death of Jesus Christ. And and hallelujah for that. Uh, but it's there. And it's not just for me. It's not just for anybody. It's it's for all people. You want to go to heaven when you die? Do you want to receive the treasures of heaven? You can. You absolutely can. Do you want to overcome sin? Do you want to uh, be the kind of man that God wants us to be? You can. Because Jesus made that possible. And it's it's such a glorious thing. Uh, and it kind of leads into our next point, who can be a believer? Because um, that is, that's really, and we're going to kind of get away of, of uh, the uh, the tulip part now, limited atonement. But we're going to talk about who can be a believer because this kind of gets into uh, really what I want people to know is that they can be saved. Anybody can. And so who can be a believer? What does the scripture says? Well, First John 5.10, whoever, <laughs> that kind of answers it. <coughs> God said, whoever <laughs> believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. And whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. Whoever, who can be saved? Whoever, who can believe? Whoever, whoever. I, I, that's there's no distinction made there. Well, I tell you what, I hear whoever quite a bit. We raise kids. And, uh, you know, sometimes that word gets used quite a bit. Whoever, <laughs> you know, we may, we put an offering in the, in the house sometimes. Now, who, who, who wants to, who wants to, to, uh, you know, do a chore or who wants to do this or who wants to do that? And and basically what we're saying is whoever, there's opportunities there, who wants to do it? Well, that's what is being stated here. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony. And then in Hebrews 11 and verse 6, and this is a good passage. This is something that needs to be circled in your Bible. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever, <laughs> I'll throw that out again, whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Whoever, whoever would draw near to God. There's no distinction made on who that might be. It's whoever. 
And it's all upon the one who wants to be a believer. It's all based upon the hearer if he wants to accept the word as truth, if he wants to uh, partake in it. it. it's The offering is there, and it's it's the desire from God to be with you and to be in fellowship with you. That, that's strong. He's done everything he can to show you how much he wants to be in fellowship with you uh, by sending his only begotten son and, and his son hanging on a cross. I don't know how he could have showed his love any more than that. And so the, the question becomes, who, who wants to draw near to God? Who? That's the question. And, of course, each individual has to answer that question because God has given each person the right to choose. You know, I have the right to choose whether or not I'm going to obey God or not. God's given me that right. That doesn't take away the consequences. You know, the wages of sin is death. If I choose to disobey God, there's consequences to that. But whether or not I choose to obey or disobey, God's given me that right. I I have the right to choose. As Joshua said to the Israelites, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. I mean, that, that right to choose is God-given. And so all God is doing is waiting for you to make a choice. And he says, whoever, if that's your choice, if you want to draw near to God, then you're going to have to meet his conditions. And in this case, he says, must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. So you're going to have to believe in God. And, and of course, that leads us um, to how are we going to do that? Well, in John 20, 30, and 31, it, it talks about the things that are written about Jesus. And uh, it says, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. He says, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. That's right. He wants you to believe in him based, as we're going to see, on evidence. And you're going to find that evidence that's contained in the Word of God. In this case, uh, you can go to the book of John, and you can read about John, and those things are written. The very purpose for those things being written is so that you may believe. Now, that's not a few people doing that. That's anybody, but you may be able to believe. And what you're going to believe in is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that you can have life in his name. That's what the Lord wants you to, to, uh, to uh, believe in. Now, you go to the word, and uh, of course that gets into the next question, how can I be a believer? Uh, well, you can go to the word, and you can look into the word to find out the very facts that uh, will teach you why Jesus is the Son of God. Romans 10, 14 says, how then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? In other words, how are you going to call on Jesus if you don't believe in him? And he says, and how are they to believe in him in whom they've never heard? So you, you got to know something about Jesus. And he says, how are they to hear without someone preaching? And, and so, you know, it's important then to be able to understand that in order for you to be a believer, you have to know something. And a lot of times to know something, you've got to listen to preaching. Now, that preaching can be contained in the scriptures. It can be done by a preacher who uses the scriptures 
to uh, to proclaim God's message, but the the power is we found is in in verse seventeen. He says, "Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ." And so, if there's a preacher out there that's preaching and he's doing it right, these should be the words of Christ. And so, they're not his words; they're Christ's words. And he backs it up by putting a screen up with verses. <laughs> so you can take note of it and you can go read it for yourself and find out that this is where faith comes from. And uh, so you you uh, you look to the Bible, as John said, you go to John, for instance, and you can learn about Jesus and you can become a, a believer in him. And that, and that enables you to have faith. And you do that through all the scriptures. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We, we have not seen Jesus. We don't, we don't know firsthand about the things he did when he walked on this earth. So we have to look in the evidence, and we have to draw a conclusion whether or not we believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And the only way we're going to do that is to look at the evidence. And that's why faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The evidence is right there in the scriptures. We have to look at the scriptures to see the evidence so that we personally can convict Jesus as the son of God. And if you can do that, if you can look at the evidence and say, he's, he's, there's just no other way. He has to be the son of God. Now you can come to God because you got the type of faith that saves. And we're going to look at an example of this. In Acts chapter 8, Philip was told by the Spirit to, to uh, join himself to a chariot. Uh, Ethiopian eunuch was coming home from worship, <clears throat> and um, he was reading his Bible up in his chariot. And so Philip drew up to him, and, and uh, he said, hey, do you, do you understand what you're reading? And the, the Ethiopian eunuch said, how can I unless somebody guides me? And so... He told him to come up to, you know, get up in his chariot with him. And Philip joined him and, and uh, started, he just started right where he was at. He was trying to read in Isaiah. And so starting from, from that scripture, uh, Philip started preaching. And notice what it says. And Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, now that's what he, you know, he's hearing, right? He started at the same scripture, meaning what Philip is doing is he's preaching scripture. He's preaching the words of God. See, that's what we just talked about. If there's going to be any faith created, it's going to be faith based on the eunuch because the eunuch is hearing the word of God. And so they come on their way and they come to a certain water and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If you believe us with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's what you got to do right there. And he commanded the chariot to stand till, and they both went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And why do you got to be baptized? Because that's, that's where you get into Christ. Galatians 3.27, Romans chapter 6. Uh, there's no other way into Christ except through baptism. It's commanded. And so uh, that's what they did in Acts 2. That's what they did throughout all of Acts. 
the, the uh, Philippian jailer, others, you know, Lydia, they all got baptized. And why? Because it was commanded. That's, that's the way you get into Christ. And there's no way you can receive salvation as Romans 18, Romans teaches. There's no way to receive salvation unless you're in Christ. And so you can't believe in the Christ as the Calvinists like to think, uh, you have to, um, you know, you have to, uh, uh, you have to obey. That's how, that's how your belief is manifested is through your obediences. We read about in the book of James, but that's for another time. But needless to say, the Ethiopian eunuch, he, he, he heard the word of God and, and he believed. And after he heard the evidence and what he believed in was Jesus Christ was the son of God. And, and based upon that, he found out there was a command to be baptized and he wanted to be baptized because that's what God commanded. And that's, that's what happened to him. Then they, they went on their way. Philip uh, and the eunuch came out of the water and the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. And why was he rejoicing? Because he was saved. Hey, I hope you're enjoying these, uh, this, these series of lessons on the, what I call the big lie Calvinism. Uh, and I hope people will investigate this further. If you're someone who's getting caught up in this and I'm not preaching this, if you are a Calvinist, I'm not preaching this in order to uh, hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to cut you down. Uh, I'm trying to convince you to get out of it. That's not going to get you where you want to go. Um, you got to rightly divide the word of God if you want to be obedient to the Father. And this this belief is just man-made. I hope that uh, people will take it serious. Okay, if, hey, if you're ever in the Kearney, Missouri area, come look us up. We're at 406 North Clark, and uh, we meet every Sunday morning at 930 for Bible study, 1030 for worship. You can learn all about the church by going to kearneychurch.com. If you like this lesson you want to hear more like it, Tune in to KPGZ 102.7 FM every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Central Time, and you'll hear me preaching. If you uh, are living outside of Kearney, they do stream it. You can download their app and stream it on the mobile device uh, or whatever you use to stream signals. They they do stream their radio signal. Uh, Brian Spirits is a uh, internet show. comes on every Thursday at 10 a.m. And uh, me and two other preachers, we get together and we try to study as the Bereans did on certain topics each week. And you're invited to join that as well. Go to carneychurch.com, press on the Facebook, YouTube, or Brian Spirits app, and make comments in the comment section. And you can do that live while we're on the air, and we'll try to incorporate those on the show. Uh, if you cannot watch it live, uh, you can watch past episodes. They're, they're still up. But uh, we also take Gospel Preaching Live and the Brian Spirit Show, and we publish it in podcast form on Spotify and Google Podcasts, so you'll be able to listen from that as well. Okay, the next time I'm coming to you, Lord willing, will be this Sunday at 6 p.m. Until then, remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.